0: Hey guys, Lena here, and uh, I feel like it's been a while since I talked to you guys on this podcast, but uh, for you, it might just be two weeks since you heard the last one, but uh, I I think it's been about a month since I recorded one, and uh, if you've been following my blog at all, then you know that it's been a busy uh, few weeks for me. I've been gearing up to the launch of my new book, Resolved, 10 Ways to Stand Strong and Live What You Believe. I hope you've bought your copy by now. It should be out by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, had uh, so many opportunities to talk about this book on radio and even a TV show. In fact, today I, I was on a, a TV show. How much fun I had! And uh, it's a satellite show, so you can catch it on Facebook, The Harvest Show, and look me up if you're interested. Maybe you've been listening to me on the podcast and have never seen me live, and so this might be a chance to do it. And while I'm thinking about it, you know that you can access a lot of uh, materials related to the book on I am Resolved. I am Resolved.org, there's a 10-week DVD series to go along with a book that is free for you when you buy the book. So I hope hope you're taking advantage of all these things. If you are just tuning in for the first time, my name is Lena Abujamra. I am a Lebanese-American Bible teacher and I've been living in the United States since I was a senior in high school, and now I find myself in the Chicago area. I just love teaching God's Word and talking about Jesus anytime I uh, get a chance to do it, and this podcast is just one more way for me to share God's Word with you. The reason we do this is to help us stay focused. There's so many distractions in this life. There's so many things competing for our time and our, our attention, and I find that if I don't stop and chew on God's Word and let it settle in my mind and my heart, I just miss it. And I can go through days and weeks if I let myself without thinking about the Lord. But by God's grace, He will often get me in situations where I'm in in difficult circumstances, which usually gets my attention, and I stop long enough to say, God... I need help getting out of this mess. And so maybe that's what found, you know, what brought you to this podcast. Maybe you're going through some difficult times and you think maybe you could find some answers here today. And we we are praying and hoping that you will. We believe. I believe God's word will bring you the answers. And so today I want us to pick up the study in the Gospel of Mark. And I have three more lessons, this and two more before the end of this series. And I'm pretty excited about what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to not tell you yet. We'll just keep that for me for now. But uh, we are in Mark chapter 13. And if you're uh, just tuning in, you can go back on iTunes and listen to the entire series. I hope you've been enjoying the series. You know, one of my favorite things to do is to go through a book of the Bible and just get the lay of the land in that book. And Mark has been pretty cool because we've been really focused on Jesus Christ, who is the person that we worship. He is God. He claimed to be God. We've seen that in the gospel. His actions and his words and his uh, teaching, his authority, everything pointed towards his deity, and uh, I hope you've been blown away by him. Well, you know, he's headed towards Jerusalem, he's headed towards the cross, and in fact he's now, we're going to pick up this uh, his story in his life in Mark 13, where he's literally uh, days from from dying for our sins, and uh, he's at the Mount of Olives, and if you've ever been to Israel, it's it's a terrific place, you can see the temple from the Mount of Olives, and it's just a stunning, stunning place um, that I've had the privilege of being. But uh, he's having, the whole chapter really is, really his sermon. He's just talking to the disciples, almost the entire thing, except for the first two verses. And, uh, you know, if we consider Jesus to be God, and if so many people have given their lives to him, maybe you've given your life to him, it behooves us, I would think, to pay attention to what he says. Uh, at the end of the day, what comes out of a person's mouth really is what's in their heart. And so I think the words of Christ are, are probably relevant to um, our lives even today. And so I want us to, I've called today's title, today's um, teaching, Now is the Time to Get Better. The series, the entire series, it, it was, I called Jesus is Better Than Anything. Uh, or maybe you might have picked it up as Jesus Through the Eyes of Mark. But But the themes for every lesson has really been focused on the fact that Jesus is better than anything our minds and our hearts can imagine, but also that his goal is to help us get better. And, uh, of course he does it through giving us new life in Christ. Uh, by, we're gonna get to his death in a couple of weeks, but you probably have heard that Jesus died on a cross. And that three days later he rose again. In fact, nobody has found his body. He's risen from the dead. And his, even though when he died he was alone and, 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 you know, abandoned by all of his friends and, and family really, um, his resurrection just brought new life into His disciples, and and, and really, a, 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 the whole world now counts days by the, the presence of Christ. Think about it, we think of our dates as before Christ and after Christ, I and mean, He literally divides history. This man has become the most important, I mean, he is the most important person that has ever been born on this earth, and when you think about it, um, he never built any buildings, he never wrote any books he never got a college degree he never owned a house all of these things that we think are so valuable in this uh, world uh, he, he didn't have and and yet he is worshiped by so many today including myself and um and 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 you're gonna you know he, he I hope you know him and if you haven't I hope he grabs a hold of your heart and really this is why we're going through this so um, so here here he's interfacing with his disciples and I'm gonna read a few verses and, well, well and just to kind of like just to give you a taste of what we've talked about um, up to now we started off with this idea that Jesus is better uh, we moved on to are we desperate enough to get better and then talked about some of the obstacles to getting better and 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 on and on we talked about the cost of getting better. And then last week we settled on the idea of better by the power of His word, of, and how one word from Jesus can radically change our lives. And and um, I, I, sometimes I just need a word from the Lord. Do you ever feel like that? I uh, I just got back from Lebanon a couple of days ago, and and uh, maybe I'm, I am confess I'm a little weary, not spiritually but physically, just tired, getting up real early in the morning with some jet lag, and and. I just need a word from the Lord, and no better place to get it than opening His Word uh, in Mark chapter 13. Let me read you a few verses, and then we'll focus on the idea today. Now, you say, well, what, when, when does Jesus want me to get better? What am I supposed to get better? I'm going to give you the answer, and it is this Now is the time to get better. Now, right now. No matter what you're doing, maybe you're listening in your car, maybe you're on the treadmill, or maybe you're just getting ready to go to bed. Now, that's fine, kind of funny. I'm, I'm not probably the best voice to listen to before you go to bed because I'm pretty intense and high energy, they tell me. So So maybe you're waking up in the morning. This is like your version of your caffeine boost for the day. Anyway, now is the time to get better. Here, Here's what Mark 13 says. As he came out of the temple, Remember, the temple was this beautiful edifice that was built uh, in Jerusalem. And uh, people admired it because it was beautiful his, you know, historically and, and architecturally and artistically. Anyway, he, as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, remember he had 12 disciples uh, that were real close to him and then a bunch that followed him. And, and we don't know who this was, but one of them said, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Jesus' response is this. He says to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. This was, I mean, for him to say this was like mind-boggling, jaw-dropping. This was like, there is no way this temple is going down. This is the most magnificent building at that time. And uh, it was a place of worship. And so, so him saying this was stunning. And, uh, of course, the disciples, that caught their attention. And so they move on from the temple. They walk out to the Mount of Olives and verse three it says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James and John and Andrew asked him privately. So there's like a 15 minute walk from the temple over to the Mount of Olives, maybe 20 minutes. And, and you can imagine these disciples kind of mumbling amongst themselves and wondering like, what in the world did he mean when he said that the temple is going down, you know? And now, now remember that the disciples were expecting Jesus to bring in a new kingdom and, and they thought that was going to happen in their lifetime right there and then. So they, they were kind of waiting on the edge of their seats for some Something big to happen, and so they're curious, they're intrigued, they're confused, and 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 much like how we are often with the Lord, we hear Him say something, we read in His His Word, we we hear a sermon, and we're like, God, when, 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 when? And this is how they are. They go, tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And they're like thinking, Jesus isn't it going to happen today? Like they want this revolution. They were thinking Jesus was going to create a revolution politically, economically, uh, they were waiting, they are like salivating to see a change in their political system and and, and and many of us understand that. We're in an election year and all that's happening and there's, a, there's an anticipation in our spirits what's going to happen next and who's going to get elected and, and so here they are, they've been told by by this man that they consider the Messiah even though they don't fully understand it but he's, he's told them there's going to be a new kingdom, that it's coming and, and they're like when, 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 when tell us when we're tired of this we want to see change. And here's what Jesus says to them. This is the beginning of the sermon. I'm going to read just through verse I don't know, 13 or so. He says, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in, I'm sorry, I was just looking at the watch. I got a little nervous. I was, thought we were at 18 minutes, and I just thought that we're okay. Sorry, let me read that again. I, I'm trying to keep these lessons at about 20 minutes. So I had a panic attack here, but we're good. Okay. Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. And I'm reading in verse 5 of Mark 13. See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he. And they will um, lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumor of wars... Do not be alarmed. This must, take, this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the, of the birth pains. Think of it. This is a lot of what we're seeing right now. Wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in various places and famines. And he's like, these are the beginning of the birth pains. Remember the birthing process in a woman. You start with some you know, contractions that are, that are several minutes apart and, and not as strong as As things evolve, then it gets more frequent and more intense. And and so he's saying, when you're starting to hear of more and more, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But he says, but, verse 9, be on your guard. For they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues. And you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel, the good news of the gospel, must first be proclaimed to all nations. So before all this happens, everyone and all nations just going to hear about Jesus Christ. This is what he was telling them. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And how many of us have encountered that in our lives where, um, where we have... Uh, been in a situation of pressure and we haven't been sure what to say and the Holy Spirit has given us words to say. And so, this is cool when you, see, you read about it and you're like, yeah, I, I, it's happened in my life. Verse 12, And brother will deliver brother over to death and the father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abomination... By the way, let me, let me just interrupt. I mean, Jesus is saying that if you're following him truthfully and you're you're living the life that he wants you to live, I mean, he's basically predicting that you'll be attacked by those who are close to you. And for his name's sake. And we're living in an age where we value comfort and we value popularity and acceptance and, 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 and followers and likes. And, I mean, this is radically different than what we're being told in 2016. Think about it. Think about it. And... uh Man, sobering understanding of what Christ means to be a follower of him. Most of us, we shape at this idea that there might be any resistance in our life for his sake. We think, man, Jesus, Jesus, everybody loves Jesus. And if they like us, if they'll accept us, then we'll be okay. But Jesus is saying the opposite. You stand your ground. You be firm in the faith. The Spirit will give you what to say. It won't always work out here on this earth the way that you think it should. But but you endure to the end and you will be saved. Then he goes on and says, but when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not be, and in parentheses, let the reader understand, he's talking to you and me, not talking to the disciples in that parentheses. He goes, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down nor enter his house to take anything out. And Let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. There's such urgency in his words. He says, And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it might not happen in winter, for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved, but for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. This is mercy. This is God's mercy, that those days will be shortened for our sake, for the sake of the elect. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. Listen, listen, the signs and wonders are meant to lead astray the elect. So he says, here's the answer, Twenty-three. but be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. But in those days, let me stop here for a minute. Let me give you a few points and then I'll finish up. Um, now is the time to get better. Here's the first um, thought I want to give you. There's no time like right now to recognize the truth. Here's the first thing about truth. You've got to recognize it. You've got to recognize it. So how do you do that? You do exactly what the disciples did. You ask Jesus. Jesus, what do you mean? What is the truth? You ask the source of all truth to explain to you the truth. That's how you begin recognition. How do you recognize it? You don't recognize the truth by asking someone who is not the truth to give you the answers. Many of us are looking at blogs Many of us are looking at the signs of the times. Many of us are looking at... Uh, 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 public opinion, and political leaders, and spiritual leaders, and and on and on and on, but we're not going to the source of truth, Jesus Christ himself, and you ask him by praying to him, and then you open his word, and you read his words, that's how you find the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth, and the truth will set us free, and so I want to ask you that question, do you recognize the truth when you're staring at it in the face? Things are not as confusing as we make them out to be. I catch myself sometimes with this, oh my goodness, life is so confusing, I'm not sure what's happening. And and then I shake myself up and I think, I pinch myself and I think, wait a second. I know what's happening. I know the word. I know what he teaches. Why don't I wake up and recognize the truth that's standing in me, me in the face? There will be persecution in the last days. Uh, The the Christ's way is not going to be the popular way. You will get resistance from those around you. This is expected. This is what he warned us. So ask Jesus if you're not sure of the truth. Listen to his answer. We we, we read just a handful of the verses. I didn't even finish the whole sermon. The entire time the disciples sat without interrupting, listening to the words of their Messiah. And how many of us, we just will ask the question, but we won't hear the answer. Are you listening in your life? to the voice of Christ through his words? Are you making time for him in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon to say, God, I'm confused about this, but but, but you're not confused. Would you please shed light on the situation of my life or on this, this political thing or whatever it is that's boggling your mind? And then listen, don't be fooled by what looks good. We're still talking about recognizing the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. Ask him to explain the truth to you as you go into the word, the living word of God, the Bible, but then don't be fooled by what looks good. That's what happened when they came out of the temple, their eyes were fixed on this beautiful building. And they missed the truth. Christ was the temple. is the temple. Christ is the beautiful one. Christ is the one who would set us free. And instead, their eyes were fixated on this artistically beautifully built, archaeologically relevant temple. And they missed the Messiah in their midst. And how often do we do the same thing? We look at what is beautiful in this world, and our eyes are so easily distracted by the main thing. Do you know there's nothing that you and I will ever lay our eyes on that is better and more beautiful than that Jesus Christ? This morning, I, I got an email. Every Wednesday, I get an email by Paul Tripp. He's a Bible teacher, Christian counselor. And, and at the beginning of it, he says, the question. it was kind of a, a soul-searching question. He says, what do you want today more than anything? What, and if that could happen, like if you had the power to make it happen, what is the one thing in your life that you would make happen? And I knew in my heart what it was. It had to do with my upcoming book, you know, release. And of course, by the time you're listening to this, the book is already out. And it was a very specific thing related to that. I wanted people to to get their hands on that book because I believed the message of the book, and I wanted with a burning passion. And and you know, then he goes on and says he quotes a verse in Psalm 27 that uh, that that uh, that I, I wouldn't be satisfied unless I, I see, you know, the Lord and can't remember the exact verse. But, but but it had to do with the focus of what I want more than anything in my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I felt so rebuked because I thought, man, we get so sidetracked by things that don't matter as much. And I'm really convicted by that, I'll be honest with you. And I, 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 I don't want to live that way. I want... Christ to be the one that I long for. When someone asks me out of the blue, without any context, what is it that you want more than anything? I want right away my mind and my heart to wander to Jesus and to say, look, there may be things in this world that I might think are pretty and maybe worthwhile, even eternal in in some sense, but not as good as Jesus, not as good as Jesus. So do you recognize the truth when it's staring at you in the face? Or are you so hungry for the things of this world, for status, for recognition, for for power, for position, for possessions, for things, for pleasures? What is it that has your heart enraptured? And and are you looking at the temple when Jesus is standing in your face? I think I just want you to kind of let that settle into your heart. So so there's no time like right now to recognize the truth. Second point, there's no time like right now to speak up for the truth. The verses that I read talks about when you're put to test, when you're taken to the council, speak up. Speak up. It might be easier not to say anything. We have gotten so good at selective speaking up. We'll say the things that sound good. We'll say the things that are popular to people. We'll say the things that make everybody feel good. But God forbid we speak parts of God's plan and word and, 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 and commands that, that, that rub people the wrong way. May we be truth tellers beginning to end with grace. Look, not harshly, with grace. But maybe we, may we be complete storytellers of the truth. And, and you say, but, well, I don't know how, and I'm worried about it. You listen, you just fill your mind and your heart with God's word. Pray and ask the Spirit to help you. And listen, when you're put to test, that's what he says, not my words. He says in verse 11, say whatever is given to you in that hour. It's not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. If you're ever taken to, to, to if you're ever persecuted for the faith, Trust me, Christ is going to give you the answers in that moment. So you don't have to panic about that. You, you can take that off your to-do list today. You can be free of that pressure. You don't have to live afraid. Not even from ISIS. You don't have to fear anyone or anything. Not your boss, not, not a spouse, not your parents. You just live obediently to Christ and His ways. And when given a chance, you speak up the truth. You don't have to do it every day, every moment, shoving stuff down people's throats. No. But when put to the test, He's going to give you the answers. That's awesome. So there's no time like right now to speak up for the truth. Are you doing it? Are you doing it in your life right now? Number three, there's no time like right now to understand the times. You know, I've already mentioned that in this podcast. We we act so confused by the times. There's nothing confusing about what's happening in our world. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And eventually Jesus is going to come back. Once it gets bad enough, it's like think of the birth process. As it gets worse... It means it's getting closer to his return, and may God even so come, Lord Jesus. Sooner the better, please, Lord, come. Don't you have that burning desire some days to be like, Lord? We need salvation from this mess. That is, that is prophetic. We do, but God give us that urgency to understand that. And so, all of the verses that I read kind of point to that. That, that don't be confused. It's going to get bad when there's rumors of wars and it. You know, there's no time like right now to understand the times. Are you? wise and discerning and are you able to see the tragedies that are happening around us not just as bad things but that things are inevitable as satan gets angrier about the fact that Christ is the truth as as he tries harder to prevent God and his ways but but listen Christ has already risen from the dead so he's already defeated the evil one so we have nothing to worry about we're already in the winner's seat now it's just and I, I don't mean that I mean winners losers I mean fact is he's defeated satan you know And now we have the season of grace, of mercy, where Christ is saying, get others to know me, because this is this window of letting the people of this world know that there is light in the darkness, that there is hope where it seems hopeless, that there's truth where it seems confusing. So when you're at work and conversation comes up and people are like, I don't know what's happening, I'm so stressed about all that's happening. Calm them down and tell them, listen, God and his word explains it all. Have a Bible study. Open the book of Mark. Open Revelations. You name it. Thessalonians is another great book. Walk them through the story of the Bible. Walk them through the story of God, who he is, what he's done for us, and just watch them. Just be set free with the truth, okay? So we're talking about now is the time to get better. First, recognize the truth. And second, speak up for the truth. Then understand the times. And then number four, there's no time like right now to expect Christ's return. He could be coming back today. That is the best thing that could happen. Listen to verse 28. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. And This is Jesus still speaking to the disciples. He says, as soon, and this is, by the way, called the Olivet Discourse, this whole sermon that he gives us. He says, from the fig tree, learn this lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Listen, we know Christ is coming back. We know know it. We rejoice in it. We can't wait for it. And just watch the signs of the time. There's no time like right now to expect Christ's return. Now, I don't know if you've had a party at all in your life recently, but if, if you're expecting people to come over, there's certain things you do. You clean up your house. You prepare for the party. You get ready. You send out the invitations. You do certain things. You get dressed up for it. You get it. You, you, you do certain things. And so, so if we're talking about expecting Christ's return, are you cleaning house, or is there sin lingering around in your life? Are you inviting people to the party, or are you over sitting in a corner by yourself, going, "I just hope he comes back soon," because I can't take this life anymore? Listen, it's a party. Christ is coming back, and there are people in this world who are suffering and living in darkness, and it is up to you and I to spread the good news of the gospel. This is the time to do it. And listen, I've seen Christ set people free. I've just come back from the Middle East, and I had the privilege of spending time with Syrian refugees in Lebanon and hearing their stories, and man, it is unbelievable all God is doing in their lives. And, and, And it's dawned on me, watching them and hearing their stories, that Christ doesn't need us. I mean, here we are in the United States trying to get the word out that the Syrian refugees need our help, and, and 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 you know people aren't you know mobilized fast enough, or there isn't enough resources to take care of all these problems, and and, and there's a sense of like how can we even put a dent in this in this problem, and yet I'm, I'm flabbergasted and amazed that. God is getting the work done. With or without us, it's going to happen. He's saving people by the droves. Hundreds upon thousands are turning their lives to Christ in unexpected fashion because God is at work in their lives. Now is the time to expect Christ's return. When we hear those things, don't be fooled by what looks good. Listen to the word. Ask Christ to open your eyes. And lastly, there's no time like right now to boldly stay awake. Last few verses, verse 32, Jesus says, But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Now, I want you to listen as I read these verses how many times it says to stay awake. He says, Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to you all, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake, awake. be on guard, Stay stay awake, stay awake, stay awake now is the time to stay awake listen my friend there is no time like right now to boldly stay awake we don't have the luxury of falling asleep we're on guard we are like the doorkeepers at the door ours is to stay awake remember what happened to peter when he fell asleep he failed at the temptation he couldn't stand up to the servant girl we want to be men and women of god who are awake listen I don't know how that will translate into your life, but it's time for us to wake up and do something. It's time for us to wake up and say some things to some people. It's time for us to wake up and help those who need it, to reach out to our neighbors in need, to go out to the mission field, to look for those people who are hurting, to look to the captive, to look to the broken, and do the work that he's doing. We must stay awake. Now is the time to do it. So when the disciples say to Jesus, when will these things be? And they're thinking about it in context of their own life, and desire for comfort. I think by the end of the sermon, the disciples' perspective might have shifted a bit. And maybe, maybe not then, maybe after the resurrection, I wonder if they thought back to the sermon and thought, man, now it makes sense. Now it all makes sense. And maybe for you today, just a matter of being reminded, this is not the end of the journey for us. This life, these stresses that you're facing, they're just a speck in light of eternity. If you're a follower of Jesus, we've got years and decades of eternity to come. But now is the time for us to stay awake and do the work that Christ has called us to do. So let's be in the Word. Let's let's proclaim Jesus anywhere and anyhow we can. And let's do it both with our words, but also with our actions in love and with grace. That's it for today, guys. Um, I uh, just will kind of let you guys simmer. I know I went a little bit long. I talked about bit at the beginning. and. Please forgive me for that. Remember that you can reach me anytime, Lena L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. Or right now, with my book coming out, there's a website I put together for you, iamresult.org I am resolved.org. There's so much information on the website. There's a 10 week DVD series that you'll be able to get access to when you buy the book. I hope you've bought the book. I hope you've enjoyed it. It is a book that will encourage you. It's a book about trusting God and about, if you're talking about waking up, And getting ready for Christ's return, buy that book, man. It will encourage you and it will get you in a place where you're ready to do that. Let's resolve to do that. Let's resolve to stay awake this week. And uh, if you're up to it, send me an email. Tell me how God is at work in your life today. You have a great week. I'll catch you again in a couple of weeks. You take care.